0: Good to see you all. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of things this morning. I'm going to talk about waiting and wisdom. Neither of which I'm very good at. Uh, now how about you? How about waiting? Are you a good waiter? Are you good at waiting? I've never actually seen waiting on a list of like strengths for people. Or even like in, a, in an interview, hear somebody say, I'm really good at waiting. That's one of my best personality traits and as grown-ups we should be a little bit better at it shouldn't we but we're not we're not all that different some days from our four grandchildren ages four three two and almost one Uh, they are terrible at waiting well I actually take that back yesterday afternoon we went to see the little mermaid at the Waterloo Playhouse with our oldest the four year old, and she was great. For two hours, she waited. She was good. Uh, but typically, they're experts at things like laughing and dancing and talking and yelling and jumping and singing and somersaulting and crying and dropping and throwing and banging things around all over the place with great energy and enthusiasm instead of waiting. So, instead of waiting, let's just make some noise instead. And I think that's what worldly wisdom teaches us. Waiting is for wussies. Instead of waiting, let's make something happen right now and let's do it loudly, let's make some noise. Godly wisdom, on the other hand, is to know that from the deepest darkness comes new life. Nature, God's creation, actually tells that story. As the days shorten, We know that there will be more light one day again soon. The sun, S-U-N, will spend more time with us again every day. And God tells us that same thing, too, in the stories in the Bible. Even though the day may be dark and we are left feeling alone and lost, darkness isn't dark to God when all we are left with is to wait quietly god is still at work so to help us think about this i want to listen want you to listen with me to the story of zachariah and elizabeth and some of the things that happened before that very first christmas when god's son s o n came into the world the very first christmas happened during really a very dark time in the life of Israel and in the life of an elderly couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. For Israel, it was a dark time because it had been roughly 400 years since God had said anything to his people. No prophets, no visions, no dreams, no judges, no, no Jewish kings or military leaders, no books of the Bible written, and no prayers for a Messiah answered the Jews may have felt abandoned by God. I mean, was he even listening to them anymore? For 700 years, Israel had been occupied by foreign rulers. First the Persians, then the Greeks, and now the Romans. It was King Herod, not God, who was in charge and in control. King Herod had filled the Jewish temple with idols. And Herod's name was feared more than God's. This was a dark time of waiting, and God was silent. We know what it's like waiting on God. Are you waiting for anything right now? Seems like a lot of our life is spent waiting. Maybe you're waiting to grow up, for circumstances to change, for the kids to grow up. For more money, more time, for someone or for something, for the end or for the beginning, for it to get better or for it to be over, to feel better, waiting for an answer or direction, for another chance, for a different job, to win the lottery, for the baby to be born, for grandma to die, for a vacation for Christmas, for school to end, for retirement to begin, to leave home, to go home. And through it all, your waiting has turned into more and more anxious prayers until there's just nothing else to say say anymore. The last 12 months have involved a lot of waiting for me and Deb a year ago we were waiting to celebrate another Christmas and waiting for a grandson to be born then we lost our house and all of our possessions to a fire on December 23 and since then we've done seems like nothing but wait insurance housing replacing all our stuff recovering from some injuries and burns and surgeries and, We did buy a house, we found a house, moved in a few months ago, and now we're waiting for that house to begin to feel like a home, which takes a while. And we're waiting for retirement, which is coming fast. Waiting is challenging. God's people waited. Actually, the story of God and his people throughout the Bible involves a lot of waiting. Waiting to be rescued from slavery in Egypt or... From being exiled in Babylon, waiting for better rulers and leaders, waiting for God to answer his promises, waiting for their own land, waiting for peace, waiting for God to speak, waiting for the Messiah to come. Now, that doesn't mean that God wasn't at work, because he was. He was always teaching them wisdom and getting them ready for the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. But the people felt like God I just left them. But as we know, God was about to show up in a way that would give them a permanent, lasting hope. And God would announce the source of that hope in a very unexpected way by sending an angel to an old priest who had experienced his own darkness in life because he and his wife were childless. So let's begin reading. Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 5. Names are important in the Bible. And this is one of those times where the names of the people involved in the story actually foreshadow what God is about to do in their lives. So Zechariah means God remembers. And we're about to see that even though Zechariah may feel that God had forgotten him, exactly the opposite is true. God remembers Zechariah, and he remembers his people. Elizabeth means God is my oath, and God is about to make an oath, a promise, that's going to bring great light to dispel both the darkness that Elizabeth and Zechariah are living in and the darkness that Israel experienced as a people. Zechariah and Elizabeth come from priestly families, which means they dedicated their lives to pleasing God. And yet, in spite of that, there's this deep sadness because they couldn't have children. This is just one of the many places in the Bible where we discover that following God doesn't guarantee that we won't experience disappointment and difficulties in our life. But, like I said, God's about to do something miraculous that would overcome the waiting and darkness that they'd lived in for so long. So let's let's go on. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So there were 24 divisions of priests that served the temple on a rotating basis. Each division served twice a year and would travel from their homes to Jerusalem to serve those who were worshiping and sacrificing in the temple. There may have been as many as 20,000 priests in those 24 divisions. So each division had about 1,000 priests. One of the most significant duties the priests performed during their service was to burn the incense inside the holy place where the ark of the covenant was in the temple twice a day. And that responsibility was assigned by drawing lots, kind of like drawing a name out of a hat, to see which of the hundreds of priests got to perform this important duty. So that day, Zechariah got picked. So while the people were praying in the temple, outside the holy place, Zechariah went in to burn incense. Now we can't be sure. But it's quite likely that this was the one and only time that Zechariah would get to do this, would get to go in to the holy place and burn incense for the people. So my guess is he was just a tiny bit excited about this. But I doubt he could have ever imagined what God was about to do in his life. Verse 11. Zachariah's experience here of having an angel appear to him is pretty consistent with what's going to happen to both Joseph and Mary several months later. Seeing an angel was a terrifying experience. So in each of these cases, the first words the angel says is, don't be afraid. And the angel has good news for Zachariah. God has remembered him and is about to answer his prayers. They're going to have a child. And not just any child, because he is going to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah. This is also good news for God's people. I mean, think about it. Nobody has heard anything from God for 400 years. And when God speaks, he chooses Zachariah to be the very first person to whom he reveals the coming of Jesus. Zechariah and Elizabeth must have been praying for a child for so long. And now when there's no way that that prayer should be answered, it is. I mean, does it always happen that way? Well, no, it doesn't. Sometimes prayers are answered. Sometimes prayers are unanswered. And we don't know why. But sometimes God waits until there's no way that the answer can be explained any other way than to say, God did it. So this is a story of God at work while everyone waited. Now, you'd think that a meeting with an angel would be pretty much a guarantee to have a a positive, joy-filled response. But that's not exactly how it works with Zachariah. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And look at how the angel reacts to his doubts. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. And not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. God gives Zechariah a great big timeout. I mean, if you're a parent, you probably have done this with your kids, maybe a five second, five minute, five hour timeout. But nine months? I mean, is it only me, or does that seem to be just a tiny bit excessive? All Zechariah says is, hey, did you notice how old I am? How's this going to work? And he gets nine months of silence. Why? Well, I'm not really sure. Only God sees into Zechariah's heart. And Zechariah should know better. He should have displayed more wisdom. He's one of the good guys. He's a devoted follower of God, it says. He knows the scripture. He knows the story of Abraham and Sarah when an angel visited them and promised they'd have a child in their old age. He knows what God says in Psalm 46. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. When Zechariah comes out from the holy place, it's obvious that something strange has happened to him. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After offering incense in the temple, the priest always came out, stood on the steps, and prayed for the people. It's all very orderly and predictable. The same thing happened twice a day, same way, every day. Nothing changes, except for this time. So they waited, and they waited. And when Zechariah finally comes out, there's this big sigh of relief from the crowd, but that relief quickly is followed by this collective gasp when they realize, He can't talk. Why? What happened? So Zechariah plays charades with with the crowd, trying to explain what happened. I mean, what did that even look like? And imagine what it's like when Zechariah goes home and tries to explain to Elizabeth what happened. Although Zechariah has his doubts, God fulfills his promise. While Zechariah waited... God was at work. For the first five months of her pregnancy, Elizabeth kept to herself. But at the end of those five months, Elizabeth's relative, Mary, comes to visit her. And Elizabeth learns of another miraculous conception that's going to result in the Messiah coming into the world. Mary stays with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returns home. And don't you just love how God chose two women from the same family to bring his good news to the world? Shortly after that, Elizabeth's baby was born, and eight days later, as was the custom, they brought their baby boy to the temple to be circumcised. The expectation was that he'd, name, he'd be named for his father, Zechariah, That's also a custom. But Elizabeth said, no, he is to be called John. And they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened, his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. Something changes in Zachariah's heart over the nine months of his wife's pregnancy and his verbal quarantine. His doubts gave way to trust in God and hope in God's promises. He grows wiser. And just as the angel had instructed him, much to the surprise of everyone, Zechariah made sure to name the baby John, who would one day baptize Jesus in the Jordan River. Now, remember what I said about the significance of names? Zechariah, God remembers. Elizabeth, God is my oath. The name John was also significant. It means God has been gracious. What an appropriate name for both Zechariah and Elizabeth and for the entire world. The birth of John was proof that God is gracious to his people by putting into motion the plan to bring Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, into the world. And this event makes a big impression. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was upon him. God's up to something. He's up to something good. God's people, who had waited in darkness for so long, finally saw the presence of God right in front of them. This couple, who had lived in sadness for their entire marriage, wondering if God would ever bless them, found hope, found joy. This man, the silent Zechariah, who was filled with fear and doubt when a messenger from God brought him good news, spoke with a wise faith born out of waiting. Maybe today, you too... Feel a bit like an old childless couple named Zachariah and Elizabeth, and even like the entire nation of Israel. Maybe you feel like God has forgotten you or that he no longer cares about you. You're living in darkness, you're waiting. You have fears, doubts, questions. You're living in silence because there's no more words to say or prayers to pray. And if you are experiencing that kind of hopelessness. This story reminds us that there is good news for us. There's hope, regardless of our situation. There is wisdom and trusting that God is for you and that God is with you in spite of the waiting. The story of Jesus' birth begins with Zechariah. God remembers. It begins with Elizabeth. God is my oath. And it begins with the birth of John. God has been gracious. They remind us that from the beginning, God has been telling a story that brings hope to a dark world, to those who are willing to trust him and to follow Jesus no matter what their situation may look like. The story of Zechariah and Elizabeth reminds us that when it seems like God has forgotten us, God remembers. It reminds us that God is faithful. He keeps his promises. It reminds us that God is gracious. There's wisdom in remembering and faithfully trusting God's grace in our waiting. But waiting is hard work. may be some of the hardest work we have to do but there's great wisdom in being still and waiting because if we don't the fear doubts and worries will creep in and fill our hearts and our minds with darkness nine months zachariah waited in silence for the promised birth of his son john the man who would prepare the way for Jesus. And in that waiting, he found his faith and ability to trust God fully again. There's wisdom in waiting. I encourage you, as we approach the celebration of the birth of Jesus this year, to wait. To wait patiently, humbly, quietly, and look and listen for what God is up to because he is there doing good work, waiting for you. Let's pray. Father, it seems that much of our waiting is not by our own choosing. Something happens or doesn't happen, then and we're left to wait. We experience silence. Sometimes it's not our doing, but then sometimes it is a result of our fears, our doubts, our inaction, or even our actions. Help us. Help us to see the wisdom in waiting, to do so quietly not to give in to the temptation to fill in the space with with so much noise and doing. Help us to simply be faithful and to trust in you, our God, who sent your son Jesus to be a bright light in the darkness of our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.